hello, and welcome to episode number 80 of the Ball Don't Lie podcast. I am your host, Audie Elmore. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that the plethora of new followers I have gained after my most recent viral tweet has followed me to the podcast because I have some... some, uh, Well, I can't speak, so maybe you shouldn't be here. I have some thoughts to share. Uh, and uh, today we're going hardcore college basketball. It's going to be all college hoops. We're going to be joined by Connor Lamont. He's a writer for Land Grant Holy Land, covers the Ohio State Buckeyes. We're going to talk all college basketball. We're going to talk the Buckeyes. We're going to talk the tournament with Connor in just a couple minutes, and uh, looking forward to doing that for sure. Um, a lot of folks want to know about the Bengals. I'm going to save my thoughts on that till after Connor, and then after that some more. So not a lot of Bengals talk in this, but that will be next week 100%. I do have a note to share on the Cincinnati Reds later on in this program as well. Looking forward to sharing you with that. They finally did something that makes sense, that makes me not question David Bell, that makes me not question anything that they've done. It's like finally, oh, you guys are paying attention. The Reds finally did something that makes a lot of sense, and we will touch on that. Uh, in the second part of the uh, of the show as well. Uh, but let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. We now welcome into the Ball Don't Lie podcast for the second time now, a, a very rare recurring guest to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. His name is Connor Lamonts. He writes for Land Grant Holy Land, covers the Ohio State Buckeyes men's basketball team. Connor, welcome to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. How you doing, man? Hey, thank you for having me. Great to be back. And, uh, I'm doing great, man. Three days with nothing to watch, but by the time we get to Friday, we'll be we'll all be sitting. Pretty. You're you're just resting up, ready to go for uh, a really good Ohio State team. We'll talk about them uh, in a little bit, but let me just kind of get your thoughts. How would you describe this basketball season? Because it's really unlike anything we've ever seen. Just in general, I thought they did a. I thought they did a really good job mm-hmm. uh, from the from the fan standpoint, from the viewer standpoint. I thought that they pulled a rabbit out of the hat this season, and for the most part, did an awesome job getting games in, making games up. Um, for for you and I, the fans, the viewer, you're watching on TV. They're putting in some fake crowd noise. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of difference for like the fans or the, you know, the people watching the games, I'm sure for the athletes, it was a whole different world, but um, as somebody just watching the games, um, it was awesome to have pretty much a normal season with a few hiccups here, obviously. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. We, uh, we cover or we carry NKU games here and the horizon league went off really without a hitch all year. And they did it by playing back to backs Fridays and Saturdays, Friday nights and Saturday nights, and they had, I think, one stoppage the entire year. They got almost an entire season. It was really, really impressive. And the fact that all this happened with, like, different conferences doing their own thing was yeah. wild to me. Yeah, the Big Ten wasn't quite quite as smooth. Yeah. Um, but there, I think in the Big Ten there were maybe four teams total that had any kind of stoppage. It was just all four of them were – were pretty uh pretty beefy, pretty long stoppages, but for the most part, most teams didn't have any kind of interruption. Right. So looking at the season as a whole then, you started to realize relatively quickly that 
Kentucky wasn't any good. Duke wasn't any good. North Carolina was flopping. Kansas got out, got out of the gate slow. All of a sudden, these blue bloods that are the epitome of college basketball just kind of stunk, and you're going into an NCAA tournament now without Duke, without Kentucky, without Louisville. Like, wh- how do you explain that? What do you, what do you make of that? That those teams just were down and they're not a part of it. It's, I, I think it's so strange. Yeah, there's not really a good explanation. I, I would think that the easy answer would be, well, you know, Duke, Kentucky, Carolina, you know, they bring in the top recruits every single season. And, you know, every single season there's a huge exodus from those rosters that they bring in a whole new team. Um, but when you look at the the recruiting rankings for your Dukes and Kentuckys and stuff, they still have top ten classes this year. Yeah. So saying that they don't have talent is probably not the best excuse. Um and the stars don't like the recruiting. Oh, stars don't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. No, stars do matter to a point. So I don't really have an answer for you there, man. K- Kentucky, Duke, Carolina. I mean, they also have very, very talented rosters that mm-hmm. when you line them up on like you know twenty four seven, they have better talent, quote unquote, than your Michigans and your Baylor's and your Ohio I, State's and Houston's and stuff. I thought that for schools like Duke specifically that's when you really started to realize the importance of a home court advantage. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. In Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky plays with 20,000 people there every night. Like when you're all of a sudden, you're just not, you're just, you can't, you don't feed off of that. Like, I think that played a huge role in their season. I agree. Yeah. For some of those teams that have like the historic arenas, like you kind of said, Duke Mm -hmm. and Carolina, um, I just don't think that Kentucky team was that great, but Kentucky yeah. also does have a, you know, they have a great venue at, at Rupp. I've been there once. Um, yeah, it definitely impacts some of those teams. I don't know if it, if it would have been enough to turn Kentucky from whatever they were, like 9-14 and 14 to a tournament yeah. team, but maybe. So let's look at the Buckeyes here because, as you know, I, I am a new Ohio State Buckeye fan. I've always been a Buckeye fan. But I was always like North Carolina basketball first. I was one of those weird guys. But I'm I'm full fledged on Ohio State now, and I I took so under the condition that I can't claim anything that Ohio State wins this year. Uh, that's fine. Going into this season, were they supposed to be as good as they are? Uh, no, I thought that this could be Chris Holtman's best team so far. At the, I thought they could be their. Chris Holtman's best Ohio State team so far. Really? Now, he hasn't had a team make it to the Sweet 16 yet, so, you know, what's that really say? But uh, the media, I think, picked them sixth in the Big Ten. I think in the preseason poll, they were, like, in the upper teen 20s. So they were supposed to be a, a pretty good team, but not, like, get to fourth in the country good, I don't think. They come out of the gates firing. They're They're destroying teams. They look really, really good. And then – what happened, I guess, towards the middle of the year where they just kind of, or I guess towards the end of the year, they just kind of started to skid. They struggled to finish games. How do you explain that? I think it's better to look at it as four individual games than really a, a stretch, honestly. Okay. Um, because your four-game stretch there is probably the most brutal stretch of four games that you're going to see for any basketball team in the past decade. I mean, you have, you're playing Michigan, their number at the time, I think they were number two in the country, or maybe they were three then. So you, you think you've got a 50% chance to win that at best. 
Then you go to Michigan State. Um, Ohio State has not won any Lansing in nine years. Wow. Still didn't win. Um, so that's just a tough place to win. Fans, no fans. I don't know why, but they haven't won there since, you know, you and I were in middle school, basically. Wow. Uh, then you go back home against Iowa. Uh, there are two seed in the tournament, elite team, elite offense. Um, and then you come back and you play Illinois, obviously an elite team. And three of those games, they won by five or less. Iowa kind of beat their ass a little bit, but the other three <laughs> games were within five points. So they weren't playing that badly. Just that stretches um, each individual game. You kind of look at and say, yeah, they probably have a 50% chance to win this at best. And just none of them drop for them. This was the big 10 this year was insane. Like how, how do you, who's, who's the actual best team in the big 10? I think I think Illinois is the best team in the Big Ten right now. Um, I don't know if you've been keeping up, but there's like some serious beef. Hold on, hold on, Connor. Drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Crazy. And so that'll make it a four nothing <laughs> ball game. I don't know if I'm gonna be putting on this headset again. Sorry, sorry about that, Connor. You, what were you saying? All right, all right, Pete Tom. Um, <laughs> So there's been some beef between like the Illinois and the Michigan fans because like, yeah. Illinois fans are upset that if Michigan would have played their full schedule, then Illinois would have won the Big Ten. And Michigan, they did it by percentage, so Michigan was the chance. But I think Illinois is the best team in the Big Ten right now. But Iowa's Iowa's nasty man. They're yeah. good. Michigan, even without Livers, with Livers they were elite. Without Livers, they're still a very good team, and their corner of the the bracket is pretty weak. Um, obviously, Ohio State just went on a little run there. They're a fantastic team. Um, and Purdue is uh, is sneaky good too. So yeah. those are six like elite eight caliber teams right there at the top. I've I've kind of said since the beginning of or since the the middle of the year, I've, I've joked that I don't watch college basketball until the Monday after the Super Bowl. It's a joke, but it's also true. But I feel like like Michigan just every time I watch them, and I don't like to say it, and I don't like to compliment them in any way, shape, or form. But every time I watch them, I feel like they're the best team. Like w- whenever they're on the floor, they're the best team. Yeah, I don't think they are. Illinois, I think, is, is if you watch the Illinois-Michigan game, they can give them fits, man. They beat Michigan by, like, 21. Um, Michigan's a very good team. With Without Livers, they're not as good. And they're gonna people are going to have a sour taste in their mouth because of kind of how they ended the season. But um, would not – if you told me that Michigan makes the Final Four, I probably wouldn't blink. It's like, okay. It, yeah, it makes sense. Like, they're a great defensive team. Number two, Ken Palm. Their top ten offense, top ten defense. Um, they're kind of like Ohio State. They don't really have any NBA caliber star guys, but they've got a bunch of really good players that know their role, and that's the most important thing in college basketball. So we'll get back to Michigan in a minute because I think the bracket is interesting. You kind of alluded to it earlier about oh, I just look at the bracket and I think the whole left side of the bracket is so much easier than the right side. I feel like the right side is just stacked. What what are the realistic expectations for Ohio State coming into this tournament? I think, uh, man, that Big Ten tournament really changed that. The Big Ten tournament really changed the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, going into that Big Ten tournament, if they would have lost the first game and you're rolling into the NCAA tournament on the heels of five straight losses, um, then people are probably thinking, you know, second round exit, maybe Sweet 16. I think that Ohio State is good enough to make the final four. Mm. I don't think I don't think they're going to make the final four, 
but I wouldn't be shocked if they made it. As an Ohio State basketball fan, somebody who has lived and died with Ohio State hoops probably more so than football, if, if they make it to the Sweet 16 this year, even if they lose in the Sweet 16, I don't think that anybody really can complain. That would be their best season that they've had in eight or nine years. Um, they've shown the potential to be all the way to the Final Four or a national championship type of team. But I think if they, as long as they make the Sweet 16 this season, I don't think that anybody really has room to complain. I think that would be a good season and anything beyond that gravy. That's fair, and that's true. You are the actually you're probably the only person I know that cares more about Ohio State basketball than Ohio State football. So keep keep doing that because God love you. you there's none of you around. Looking at the bracket as a whole, you said Purdue is a sneaky good team. Is there anyone that we should be keeping our eye on? A a potential Cinderella that you think. Uh, is a legitimate chance to do that in this tournament. Um, I like I like the Ohio Bobcats to win their first game to beat to beat UVA, and that's not even like a crazy upset pick. I think that I, I picked OU to beat Virginia like right when I sat down. Wow! So I think that OU is going to win a game, and I think on the other side, Utah State. I've got Utah State, which is the eleven in my. Yo, team. that dude from Utah State. What's his name? He's huge. Um, his name is, um, geez, his name is Kata something. Yeah, that guy is ginormous. I have to look it up. But, yeah, yeah he is like 7'1", 260. I think he's like yeah. 15 and 11 rebounds per game. It's pretty crazy. Um, I've got them in my in my sweet 16 in my bracket. Wow, that that's, a, that's interesting. Uh, so who, tell me about your bracket. Who do you have winning the national championship? I'm going with Illinois. Going with Illinois. Mm. Over the Iowa Hawkeyes. Wow, an all Big Ten title game. Yeah, it didn't look right when I put it in there because every year the Big Ten kind of falls apart teams in the in the tournament when it gets to the end there. But those are two of the probably six or seven best teams in the country, man. Um, so I don't think it's crazy. Iowa beating Gonzaga, I think they've got the guys to do it. I think Gonzaga is a much better team than Iowa, but. You don't have to be the better team in the tournament. Right. You just have to be. You have to be better for one day. Yep. And I think that Iowa could do that. So I'm taking Illinois over Iowa, and then the other two spots I'll take Alabama and Baylor. Wow, that is interesting. I I do think uh, I do think Gonzaga is interesting because if there's ever going to be a year for them to finally put it all together, you'd think it would be a crazy year like this. But you just you just can't trust them. No matter what, you can't trust them at this time of the year. I hate to admit this. I really don't am not comfortable saying it, but I, I mean, I told you earlier. Every time I watch them, I feel like they're the best team. I picked Michigan to win the national championship in the Land Grant Holy Land ESPN Bracket Tournament Challenge. Tell people about this uh, bracket challenge you guys got going on. Oh my goodness! Uh, last <laughs> night, I threw together an ESPN bracket for the site. Um, go to landgrantholyland.com or go to at landgrant33 on Twitter. Um, and we've got the, an ESPN bracket challenge put together. Um, it's free. Um, we don't have a ton of people right now. I think it's got 20 or 30 people in there, but it's free. You get one entry. Um, and then the top bracket, you're giving out a T-shirt, and it's the uh, not just a football school T-shirt. So I love it. Winner's going to get that beauty mailed to them. Uh, you can submit your picks up until Friday. 
so yeah, jump in there. Uh, my bracket always burns every single year. Even yeah. I watch so much basketball. So come in there and show me that I'm dumb and beat me. You you tweeted something. What did you tweet something about uh, burning your or not burning your like don't brag about your brackets? Did you did what did you tweet something about that? Oh, just the folks that make you know five brackets or whatever <laughs> or two brackets. Like oh, I had. You know, oh, I had whatever. I had UC Santa Barbara in my upset bracket, so I'm going to claim that. I'm like, oh, you, you take one bracket. Not how it works. Chest. Put it on your chest, and if you can show me that you picked UC Santa Barbara or whatever, then all right, props to you. But there are some folks that do multiple brackets, and then they, you know, oh, I picked that in this one. It was in, uh, I believe, March of 2009. I picked a bracket. I picked North Carolina to win. I had one bracket. And I missed four games on the entire bracket. And I have not come even remotely close to that ever since. And that was over 10 years ago. So I do know your pain of, uh, of the bracket always burning. But I will hang my head on that for as long as I live. Connor, I appreciate your time. Where can people find you if they want to know more about uh, what you're writing about, about the Buckeyes, about the tournament? On Twitter, I'm uh, at Lamon, which is L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R, or follow the Land Grant Twitter account, which is at LandGrant33, or the website is LandGrantHolyLand.com. A ton of great content up there. They are working their asses off uh, for people. Is Kate, Did Kata Bates Diop unblock you yet? No, and I, did you know the story behind that, too? He didn't really block me. No, I don't, really know the, me. I don't know the story. Go ahead and tell us the story of... Buckeye sure. legend we'll Kata Bates Diop. You don't have to make it quick. Tell me the whole thing. I don't care. <laughs> Our man Kata, like you said, Buckeye legend, big time player of the year, Kata Bates Diop. Um, his Twitter account got hacked a few months ago, and it was one of those weird things. Where they oh yeah. Twitter, and there's a bunch of like weird different languages they're tweeting out, and they're mm-hmm. trying to sell stuff on his Twitter. And he's got all the followers, and um, I just quote tweeted one of the weird hack tweets. <laughs> And just added Twitter support, like at Twitter support, you know, <laughs> free my man Kata. And whoever hacked his account blocked me so that I would stop doing that. And then eventually, um, Kata Bates Diop got his account back. But he probably has no idea how many people this hacker blocked yeah. that were trying to, like, notify Twitter. So I'm still blocked by my favorite, one of my <laughs> probably two favorite NBA players right now. But it's completely out of love. And I'm not angry at him for it. It's not his fault. That is crazy. That is actually so funny. I have a I have a buddy of mine that got blocked by Dickie V, and he's never tweeted Dickie V in his life. So I mean, that's that's a little bit worse. Yeah, I got blocked by Dan Dockage, but I did tweet at Dan. He Dockage. probably deserved that, didn't he? So I I earned that badge. You know, I had All a right. I once had a former Bengals linebacker tell me to suck on D's before he blocked me. And I was That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was a 17-year-old kid. I was I probably barely was able to drive at that time. So, yeah, that wasn't a it wasn't a good look. He actually just got another DUI a few weeks ago, so uh not yeah. a not a problem. I think I won that battle. Yeah, All right, Connor. <laughs> Connor, I appreciate you. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for coming on the Bottle on my podcast. All right, man. You have a good one. That was Connor Lamonts and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. That was a a great conversation with Connor Lamont's Land Grand Holy Land, and uh, you know I'm excited. I always I make the joke about college basketball season not starting until the Monday after the Super Bowl, 
Well, that's honestly true for me because that's when I start to actually pay attention. That's when I start to watch. Um, so it's been it's been interesting. I've I've kind of I did like kind of just pay attention loosely throughout the season to the fact that it was a very strange year for a lot of teams that um, just wasn't. It was just abnormal. It was just really abnormal. So to be able to uh, to kind of just to chop it up with Connor and and get the full lowdown was uh, was definitely pretty cool. So I know a lot of you are wondering and wanting to know what my thoughts are on the Bengals and on free agency. And I understand that. But as I'm recording this, it's 7 o'clock on the 16th, which means that there's still um, about 20 hours left of this quote-unquote tampering period and then the new new league year begins. And so there's a lot that's going to happen between now and Wednesday at 4 o'clock. So I'm not going to go into all of it right now. I'd rather have everything in front of me and then have a Bengals guest on next week to talk about it rather than just kind of spitball on some stuff right now. I will say, though, if if you are interested and wanted to know a few of the things I've thought and the things I've said, I I mentioned before about this kind of new role that I have at work and Every day I produce this show from noon to two on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. And uh, we've been talking hot and heavy about the Bengals uh, this week. And I've been able to put some of my uh, thoughts in there with Tony Pike. You can find that on the iHeartRadio app. You can find that in various different places. It's called Cincy 360. I will probably have tweeted the link by the time you're listening to this uh, of all the various uh, episodes and when you can hear me. So, Definitely go check that out. I would appreciate it quite a bit. You know, it's been interesting, and I definitely have some thoughts, but uh, I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, and I came to a realization today while on the show uh, of of something I was doing that was actually hypocritical. So I need to figure that out as well and, and put those thoughts together before I share it with you guys. One other quick note about the Cincinnati Reds. They're playing a game tonight in which Eugenio Suarez will be starting at shortstop for the Reds. And Suarez came up through the minor leagues as a shortstop, came up with the Detroit Tigers as a shortstop. He was a shortstop by trade uh, all throughout his career until really he got traded to the Reds and became a third baseman, spent some time at third base with the Detroit Tigers as well. And it's been a lot has been made about the Reds in spring training in, in the last couple of years about not putting Nick Senzel in the infield and like just refusing to shuffle the, the dice and, and shuffle the cards to find something that works. And this spring training, it feels almost that they've been forced into doing that because of how well Alex Blandino and how well Jonathan India have played for this team. And, Add on top of that, that Eugenio Suarez has lost like 15, 20 pounds. He's able to move much better than he has in the past. And he's also played that position his whole life. David Bell finally saying, and also the Reds did not address the shortstop position, as I've highlighted before on this podcast. David Bell finally says, hey, we're going to switch it up. We're going to give Gino a shot at at, uh, shortstop and then see what happens. So basically what's going to happen at the moment Joey Votto is out with COVID, but you're going to have somebody at first base, and then Jonathan India most likely is your second baseman, Suarez your shortstop, and Mike Moustakis moves from second to third, and the rest of your outfield spots are 
or ba- basically, you know, what we expect them to be, which would be Winker, Sinzel, and Castellanos. So it's going to be, uh, I really like this move. For for the last few years, we've all we've heard the Reds say is no, but they won't say why. They'll just say, no, we're not going to do that. And never once have they legitimately backed it up. So for them to finally say, hey, we're not happy with the way with what we're getting out of the shortstop position through the first two weeks of spring training, we're going to go in another direction and try to give us a way. And I also don't know why Jonathan India can't play shortstop. The argument for me is, and, and I've I, the best baseball players growing up, almost all of them play shortstop, number one, because that's the position you need to, to be the best at defensively. Number two, so many guys in the major leagues today are utility guys that can play every single position. Now, I understand shortstop in the major leagues is a tier above everything else. I get that, but that's not to say you can't be an effective big league shortstop. Kyle Farmer has done it. Like, there are guys that, like, so many guys come up playing shortstop and playing second and playing third that I don't think it's that big of a deal for them to move around. I just don't I don't understand that, unless there's something I'm totally missing. And if, if you're a baseball player and you can explain that to me, uh, I would be grateful. So really interested to see that with the Reds. We're, I think, 15, 16 days away from opening day now. I doubt that I'm going to be able to go this year, which is really sad because it's my favorite day of the year. But um, hopefully we'll be able to uh, get down around the ballpark or something like that and, uh, and uh, spend some time uh, there. A lot going on. Excited to talk to you about it. Excited to break it down with you next week. Uh, especially Bengals, as we now are in a race towards the NFL draft with the new league year starting. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot to talk about between now and then. So I do appreciate you listening. I hope that you will continue to listen. I hope that um, you enjoy this. I've gotten a ton, a ton, a ton of new followers. And uh, if you're checking this out for the first time, come back next week. You will get the Bengals talk that you're here for. I do appreciate you checking out the podcast, and I do appreciate uh, all the uh, the messages and the tweets and stuff over the past couple of uh, weeks because past couple of days actually because it's been uh, it's been pretty nuts. So uh, remember, ball don't lie. In the meantime, have fun, be safe, go Bucks.